out there in internet land, it's your host, The Grinch. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Couple days after. With me, as always, my co-host, Trenton Tarpits Phillips. Someone turn the heat up. It's getting chilly out here. And our ever-loving producer, Tyler Saint Baker. And the numbers are in. We're still growing in Israel. So thank you. Shalom, all our friends over there. We appreciate L'Hayam. it. Oh, L'Hayam. There we go. L'Hayam. Like has our, our have our ratings continued to plummet in our to, to the great northern neighbor of Canada? Just checked on them. We're flat. We're still at zero. So a lot of we really? haven't Canada. gone into the negative though. No, we're out of negative, but to flat now. Well, Vegas a slightly less. Like, may I say to Canada, a slightly less aggressive screw you. <laughs> Trent, this is how they come around. They start with hate, and then slowly we'll get a plus one. You know. Yeah, we're just warming up. Warming them up. They, those guys aren't so bad, eh? Those guys aren't so, so bad. What, hey, no, knock it off a boot up there. <laughs> so I was watching something today. The first thing I want to talk about is I've, I have had a subscription to the Surf Network. And yeah, it doesn't have anything mind-blowing or, or too great. But what it does have is some really obscure 90s and early 2000s longboard videos from the heyday of dudes just trying to cash in on DVDs and VHS. And I was watching one today and it was called Saltwater Green. Have you guys ever seen this? No, there's a lot on there. But I will say, because the suggested videos are those kind of weird stuff, but on the Surf Network, if you know what you're looking for, has all the old Captain Finn videos. Yep. It's got one California day and it's got all the old Bruce Brown stuff. But anyways, continue. So I was watching this thing called Saltwater Green and the cast was not something that like I would have been super stoked on to watch in the actual early 2000s. It was like Noah Shimbakuro, who I like watching serve, Taylor Jensen, Colin McPhillips, Brendan White. Um, and like everybody rode, the, the, the cool thing about the video was everybody rode a traditional board and a prog log, right? And I think I figured something out. The dudes who made the prog log look good, like Noah Shimbakura and Brendan White, they did not pump to make speed, which we've known for a really long time. They would be in trim and they would break trim for the cutback. It looked good. They really didn't like full arching current bottom turn. They would come up and do roller coasters instead of trying to like aggressively hit the lip off the tail. And I figured out watching the other guys who didn't look so good, what, what makes if you ride a prog log this way, it's gross. The double pump bottom turn. The double bump bottom, bottom turn on a board over nine feet long looks like disgusting because they do the double pump and they try to go into the mid-face carve and it's just really slow and awkward. And I think that you should, is the essence you of never, what makes it ugly. You should never have to pump for speed if you're riding a board over seven feet, you should always be able to bottom turn. You should be able to trim in the pocket and trim spot. That's how you get your speed. But in saying all this, I think really what Grinch is trying to say is he's making up excuses for the fact that he's going to start prog logging. I do so have to turn my friend. I do Grinch have, is buying a prog log. No, I'm not buying one. So I'm having something made that is not very rockered, very, very flat. It's a nine foot two. 
bonzer off of my blue bonzer, but it's nine two instead of seven zero. Pointy nose or rounded nose? Pointy nose. I'm still gonna say I'm still gonna say it's a prog log. I'm gonna call you a prog logger, and it's gonna be a running gag now. It's but what gi- I'm hoping it's a giant is single that fan, right? Watch it. I will never pump or do the double pump bottom turn. Won't do it. I don't I know how you're going to ride this, man. I don't know how you're going to do it. It's It looks like a gun. Have you seen it? I think I saw a picture of it. It looks like a, like a gunny. No, no, no. Shape. That thing, is that the gray board with the, with the yeah, blue light? Yeah, not that board? one? No, no, no. That one is that straight up. So Ken White has made um, an, a copy of an old Santa Cruz gun. And I don't know if the homie Justin from Rocky Fins is buying it or if it's a if it's just going to be a was was demo. the original board that he's replicating was that a lightning bolt no it they, was a it they was look a, like it, it basically santa cruz surfboards wide point forward it looked like an old gun from the 70s that you would have surfed like big steamers on or like big ocean beach in san fran i feel like santa cruz surfboard shapes are shaped by doug Hout for the most part i feel like the lightning bolt is like a sacred lamb though i don't I don't diss people for wanting to get a lightning bolt because it is iconic and cool, but I don't know. I feel like it's a lamb. Tim, well, like, Ken didn't do it as a lamb. He resin, he resin made one on this board. Well, yeah. Well, they used to airbrush them back in the day. Yeah. It looks really cool. guys. No, no, Tyler, the nine two uh, bonzer is um, it's 17 in the nose, 22 in the midpoint and, and uh, 15 in the tail. Five fin bonzer. Huh. I don't like that. Three and an eight. I don't dislike it. I'm super excited for it just to do turns. You're gonna need it on a big day. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's that's for a, it's that's for a, a certain choppy, place choppy that we all know day. that we all know that is long, long rights. Um, and and me and Trent will be there together, and we'll make uh, certain filmers mad being there together. Inside joke. I rode a longboard at Volano yesterday, and I'm not sorry. I had a great time. Hush your mouth. You did what? Where? I'm prog logging. Trent's riding long logs at Volano. Cats and dogs are living together. I rode. I'll tell you what. I went down there. It was like, it was weird, man. Over to this side, there was all this, there was a huge crowd, a guy taking photos, all these people. And I looked down the way a little bit. There's a perfectly good wave just going to waste with going unridden. So I just paddled out there and it was like, right. It was breaking close to the beach, but you could drop in, get like a nice deep pocket nose ride and then walk back and kick out. It was perfect. It was gorgeous. Could you fully could you fully perch or did it have to be like the cheater five pocket nose rod? Fully perch if you if you played your cards right. But yeah, you play your cards right. Tell me the story of Josh Autry in the 80s board. Because Trent like hits me in the group text and he's like, dude, Autry was killing it on some 80s. So tell me what went down. I want the uh Geraldo Rivera Capone's vault exclusive scoop on the knot of what went down Autry yesterday. Day after Thanksgiving. Well, let me tell you, what I got's better than Geraldo's flop of Al Capone's vault. They didn't find squat in that vault. No, so I'm out there on that little peak. A few more people noticed the wave, but plenty to go around. 
and the tide's backing out. A bunch of people are going in. And then Josh Autry paddles out. And for a while, me and him had the peak to ourselves. And man, I was like, yo, that board looks sick. He goes, it's from 1986. It was my dad's. Oh, that's And awesome. man. What did it look like? A surfboard. Mm. I don't know. I think it was a single fin, kind of eggy. So not thrusters, single fin, kind of eggy. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a single fin. I don't know. It looked like a single fin. But man, he was just doing these like, because the waves weren't big. They were small waves. But man, just perfectly trimmed, doing these sick turns with such style. Um, there was one where he just like tuned up in the pocket and just was flying. And I said, I go, yeah, that board knows this wave. That board knows exactly what to do on this wave. It's been surfing this wave for a long time. It was cool. Josh is definitely one of those surfers who his equipment is and his approach are always so dialed. I don't know if there's anyone I would rather watch surf Alano than him. Two brides, got a lot those of big poise. like hacks that he does, just angry, powerful, marauding hacks. Amazing. Well, what it is is he's got a lot of poise. He's very um He's in control of everything. He knows where the wave's going to break. He knows where to sit. He knows how to catch them. He knows when to turn, when not to turn, when to trim. It's just kind of like the definition of someone that has a spot wired and that's like, let a wave go to someone, isn't aggro, isn't starved for waves. He, he knows how to get his and make it happen. That whole family serves good. His little sister, Lisa, serves good. His brother-in-law, Drew Miller, he surfs very well on a longboard. That They're just like a kind of a really dialed-in family, but Josh is definitely, if not the best, one of the best surfers to ever come out of St. Augustine. Hands yeah, down. Josh rips everything. Josh rips. Like, there's, there's people that surf good, and then there's people that rip. Josh rips. And he does it all looking like Tarzan, which is the best part. Very just, Tarzan, very Tarzan. Yeah, just king of that, king of that whole environment. Speaking, so, speaking of being king of the castle, fellas, I was at Walmart and I bought a pair of pants. I don't know how I'm going to break it to the missus that I spent spent a little bit of dough. Well, I'm glad you brought it to the podcast because this is going to okay, help. This is going to help you if you tell us you can get out how you're going to tell your wife. Let's get in specifics about these pants, okay? Yeah. Uh, jeans or cloth pants? Okay. Well, here's the deal. I only wear Dickies. Black 874 Dickies. The only pants I wear. Now, I go to Walmart to get my normal Dickies, and they only got these, like, flex material. I don't want flex material. I want cardboard creases so sharp they could they could cut a man's head off dickies they don't have them so i'm looking and before i know it there's a pair of black jeans oh no i was like you know what maybe let's bite let's do the jeans did you try them on the store wranglers Hell no were they Never. wranglers no they're dickies they're dickies brand jeans oh so you're not too far off the mark not too far off the mark, but no, I never try clothes on at the store. Be a man. 
Trent just rocks in knowing his size. <laughs> He's like well, the old man who goes and buys the fruit at Publix. And then if it doesn't taste good, he takes it, takes out it with back a, with, a, with a with a bite taken out of it. Yeah. But Trent like goes and he skates the pants, rips holes in them, brings them back. And he's like, dude, these don't fit. They don't fit yeah. at all. No, I don't take things back. I just I either throw them in the drawer and they they live there forever or I find a slightly smaller friend. To yeah, get yeah, smaller them. friends. <laughs> you got to have small friends. So we were surfing. Uh, in at Matanzas Inlet this uh, this Friday, and yesterday. you were very late. I was very late. Yes, you were. We were yeah, getting man. so many waves. Oh, dude, I was. I ate so much. My wife made the. Let me get shout out to my wife. The Thanksgiving meal she made it was three steps from putting me into a food coma. I wasn't sure I was getting out of bed the next day, but I ended up getting some very very fun nose rides at the inlet. But Trent said something to me. And he said something to like some of the guys who were surfing that I want to discuss on the podcast because I know Trent and Taint are going to have very different opinions on this. So the line that Trent said was Green Al never did a nose ride. So why would you put his fin in a log? Let me get even deeper into this. So I've been riding green the greeno 4a fin for like three to four years i've sworn by it sworn by it and then one day i'm talking to alex hobbs and he goes lot of turn little hold and i was like crap you're right and i noticed i was getting nose rides but i wasn't like mowing through sections if a section came i'd have to walk back reset it up but the greeno turned great so I made them, I've played around with some different stuff. And before I knew it, I'm riding a Yater spoon fin, a big honking fat fin with arguably rake. the best log fin of all time. The Yater Great spoon fin. fin. Be, so perfect I get on mix this pivot and rake. Perfect mix. So, it's the sweet spot. So I get on this fin. And now I'm doing those OG Tudor hangs where it's like that section comes and I'm not even flinching from the nose. I'm just hanging 10 through sections. And so I made a meme on my Instagram that said flex fins ruin logging post made by big fin gang. Now it ruffled a few feathers. And honestly, if your feathers got ruffled by any of that then you take surfing way too seriously hey take a, a number hobby. you better get behind canada we ruffled your feathers because it's get canada first canada. and it's all you flex fin riders it's it's surfing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but however pon, pontificate this in longboarding if we're trying to do long nose rides why would we ride a fin designed by a guy who has never even tried to do a nose ride ever? Ever. I, I, I would think that one of the arguments would be Nat Young's surfing in the 66 World Championships. I mean, I'm not, you know me, dude. I haven't ridden a green owl fin in almost 15 years. I've been on either pivot fins or very big fat rake fins for a long time, but the reason the green outfit started to become popular is because it allowed Nat Young to both nose ride and do those big animal style turns. Now, my pontification, as it were, 
is that Nat surfed like that because he's Nat and he was in real waves. In Florida on a nose rider, I've always been a proponent of a big old anchor to hold you in. Well, once again, it came back to Hobbs because Hobbs was out there the other day and I was talking to him and he goes, big fin with blady rails, okay? But big rails, flex fin. It's a balance. You got to balance the only person, as the As the only person on this podcast who actually rides big rails, no. When if you you're put that flex fin, if you put that flex fin in big old baseball bat rails, the whole board is just going to accelerate too much because we're it's got so much. About, we're talking about average sized humans. We're not talking <laughs> not, about not what you have a grapefruit sized rail. Yeah, you can make you, you can listen. It. You could squeeze my rails and have a healthy breakfast. Thing. <laughs> yes, healthy could, breakfast. Yeah. Here's the here's here's the thing, and this will be a good segue <laughs> drink to the a glass next point. And eat your grape nuts, and you will be regular, my friend. <laughs> here's here's the here's this will help us segue to the next point. All boards are different. Every board, it, every time I get a new board, it takes me a while to find what fin actually works best in it because all boards are different. Everything's different. You got to account for the rocker of the board. You got to account for concave. You got to account for a kick in the tail. You got to account for where the wide points at. You got to account for all these things. So Joel Tudor posted a thing saying, if your fin box isn't four and a half inches away from the tail, then your shaper's wrong. And number one, okay, Joel, that's how you like your boards. That's cool. That's perfectly fine. You got it so dialed that that's how you like your board shape. But you can't just make a universal rule like that. And I think what's worse about it is all these people see that. And now they're going to go to their shapers and be like, my surfboard's thin box has to be four and a half inches from the tail. So we got all these people that have maybe shaped a board maybe never have shaped a board going up to shapers who have been shaping for 30, 40 years have done thousands upon thousands of surfboards to tell them no, because I saw on the internet, it's supposed to be this distance from the tail. Well, I can tell you just, just from making boards, if it's an inch, it has to be the, the minimum distance for the back of the fin box got to be at least one inch. And that's pretty, that's pretty thick. So if you're foiling out a board, it makes it almost impossible to do that three inches if you're really having a foiled out shape. Yeah. And the thing too but is not it's only, just like not only can Joel do it, he's done it since the 90s. And I don't necessarily think it's in a negative way, but think about it. Joel Tudor and Thomas Campbell said you don't want ride logs overhead high. So none of us did. I can't tell you lately how many times I've taken my log out when it's like just about head high and clean. Not so many times I live in Florida. But I definitely did over the Leslie swell and uh, or was it the Larry swell, the Larry swell. And it was super fun. You know what I mean? Joel, like there is a history of Joel says something and people do go in that direction. hundred percent. Just because someone popular says it on Instagram doesn't make it fact. And even on that post, Hank Bizak, who shapes Joel's boards, was like, actually, if it's a pintail or if it's this or if it's that, I make these changes. And he's like, but what do I know? Yeah. Listen to your shapers, people. Stop trying to tell your shapers what to do. They know more than you. They've done it longer. 
You're not going to go into a surgery and tell your surgeon how to do it. You're not going to go to the mechanic and tell them how to fix your car. You're going there because you don't know how to do it yourself. Trust them. Trust your shaper. This is the best thing here, too. Like, there's this newest thing where, like, some surf shops have their the, the surfboard guy, right? And he knows the leaders and what the rail does and all these things. And, you know, he's read the pamphlet that was given to him by the mega board company. So I think there's this whole generation of people who go into the surf shop or go onto the internet and are like, oh, I found this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. And then they go to the shaper and the shaper's like, dude, if I do that, you're going to hate this board. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, dude, I remember the, when I first started riding for Tony, I went into it there with a head full of internet. And I was like, I want this. I gave him dimensions. This, this by this, by this, and this rocker. And he just goes, you're an idiot. I was <laughs> like, what? Uh-huh. He's like, if you do, that's not going to work. It's going to ride like dog crap. And he's like, tell me what you want the board to do. Not tell me what you want it to look like. Not tell me what you read on the internet. Tell me what you like to do when you ride a surfboard and what you want your surfboard to do. And when I did that, I got a board that worked, that was noticeably better, that took my surfing to a whole nother level. I've said things to Ken and he'll just look right at me and go, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A a lot of this is, uh, okay. So in surfboards, when something's smaller, minute changes change like a shortboard, minute changes change a whole lot of characteristics about the board rides, but in a longboard, you actually have a lot of things to play around with and not get that much change because you have such a big craft. Imagine making like a couple of alterations to the Titanic. It's not going to really move through the water any different, but a small I disagree. Power I disagree because with a longboard, there's so much more rail and so sure, much the, more variation. The rail functions in a different rail to, in a way, totally. I think. Yeah, but wide, I mean, if wide point rail foil, the bottom, like the kick, like there's so much more variance to it. It's, I think it's easier to fudge it up than it Listen, would be a short a, board. Like to what Taint is saying in a short board, a 16th of an inch is everything. Is as far as I've had people return boards. Like it's not the 16th I bought. I don't want it. You, 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 you take a 16th, either add it or take it out of a log. And 95% of the general public is not going to feel it. They're going to tell you talking about length. It. Are we talking no, about length? It could be width, thickness. width at a foot out from tail or thickness. Yeah. Like things like weird stuff like that. But in all honesty, that, for most people, the I difference think that would drastically, and that drastically affects the difference of how a longboard rides. I mean, I you totally get that, you. That, I get you on that. The rail is a different, it's like a different thing that a longboard has that other boards don't have. But I, I just really think that there's less board in the water. So you have to be more specific on what the measurements are. Trent is just well, having more of a like, princess and the P experience than I am. He's like, no, no, I can feel it under this, this mattress. I'm more well, like, hey, look, uh, look, look. this porridge if, is too hot. That this porridge point, is too cold. If you move that wide point a half an inch, I'm going to notice it when I go to yes. set up for a nose That's, ride. We're definitely it, not talking about yes, that. I'm not arguing that. That's wide a huge point, change. Yeah, huge change. Wide point, we're not arguing that. Huge then What change. are we talking about, length? Could be two length. inches doesn't matter in a, exactly. a nine eight or a nine ten in a ten footer. Come on, man. No, virtually hey, no difference. If you had a nine eight and a ten footer 
when you have your steps dialed up, that is definitely a difference. That's an extra scoop. That's, That's that an much? extra scoop. No. No, yeah. dude. Yeah. This porridge is too cold. This pee feels weird. <laughs> hey, it all matters, it's baby. It's under the mattress. I feel it in my back. Maybe, maybe it's just because I love all of my board. I'm not trying to get a prog log to stay on the <laughs> tail for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I'll tell you this, though. The, the board I was riding this, uh, you know, this summer, Ken made me a big, fat rail step deck, and it has a glassed-on fin. And for the nose ride, I don't know if it's if it's mental, but I think the glassed-on fin feels better when I'm walking up and down the board. I think you it feels what? more stable. It feels smoother. I like it more. You know what I like about glassed-in fins? It, like, reduces my OCD by, like, 30%. Because I'm not, Because like, the porridge oh, is whatever you get. Yeah. It's, like, it's not moving. You, there's no other fin to try. That's what's in there. That's how it rides. Yeah, at best, all you can do is file down the fin a little bit to change it if, it, if it's uh, doing like a harmonic buzz or weird stuff like that. Just change yeah. the fin. But that's all you got. That's all you got. Enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy a glass on fin, and I'm okay with where they put it. Me too. Honestly, if I didn't at travel ever, I would probably get a glass in fin. I love glassed in fins. I think that a lot, especially on a longboard, wide point, I'm not arguing. You move the wide point an inch or two inches and it changes the complete, you know what I mean? Like I really like wide point parallel nose riders when it's clean in summertime. Trent really likes wide point back. I'm not arguing that. But in all serious, and like square tail, pintail, okay. But the difference between like, an 18 inch nose and an 18 and a quarter nose, you're not feeling it. You are not feeling it. You are because that's going to, for the shaper, that's a difference. That's going to change the whole outline. Yeah. For the shaper. But when you're, when you're actually surfing it, unless the waves are uber critical, perfect pocketed out point breaks, I don't think you're feeling it. I and don't. Some of these templates they use, you bump it in there and they just don't look right at certain measurements. So you might have to bump it a little bit to make the whole curve look good and blend together what, look at the, that's why i'm saying at the end of the day you people that go to order a surfboard listen to your shaper yep. if they say something's not going to work at nine eight it'll work better at 10 get it at 10 exactly if they say you know um this will the measurements you gave me don't work and if you're like well i saw a documentary about spoons <laughs> It's like shut up. Hey, shut that up. documentary was really cool. Hey, that documentary my, was really that's good. That's my buddy Dana Shaw who did that. Who helped on that shot a lot. Hey, here's hey, another thing saying, though. I'm just saying people see something on the internet and all of a sudden they get all these ideas. Here's another thing though that with listen to your shaper, don't go saying it's got to be this and it's got to be that. Listen to your shaper, but also if you have the opportunity or the possibility, go surfing with your shaper. Let them see the way that you surf because that is going to inform a lot of decisions they make on your behalf, I think. Yeah, just tell them what you want the board to do. Tell them, tell them what, you, what you liked and what you didn't like about your last board. Do you guys want to do our – we have an interview in the books right now that we could uh, get to. Yeah, let's 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 do. do up this interview. Mm -hmm. And Trent, you weren't around; you were sick, and so we moved on as a podcast, as a train together. Trent was laid up, but dude, but dude, you were in my thoughts the entire time. I had the flu. I hope I hope 
you guys were as obnoxious as I ever could be. I tried. All right, so we're going to queue up this, uh, this interview that is pretty good, but not as good because Trent wasn't there. We'll be back. We love you. It's your host, The Grinch. Me and Tyler Tate Baker are about to interview one of our favorite all-around surf guys, Parker, the 80 Stallion Sawyer. Parker, what's up, baby boy? Parker! Can you hear me now? Yeah! Oh, we got him! <laughs> We're live, boys, with Woo! the 80 Stallion. We're live. We love it. <laughs> Technical difficulties over here. That, hey, man, that's the, hey. That's, that should be the name of our show. Technical difficulties with the Grinch. It happens. Where's Trent? Trent texted us and he said, I'm laid up with the flu, boys. I'm sorry. But we kind of oh. already had the interview lined up. So we were like, can we just interview Parker? And then we'll cut it into a show. Mm -hmm. Epic. Yeah. Yeah. Trent well, said he, he, he's here better. with us. He's here with us in spirit, though, Parker. OK. He's always with me in spirit. I think Trent definitely uh, definitely carries his little shadow around behind me. <laughs> so just for those of you who don't know parker give us your basic like give us the digits the basic download on who is parker sawyer the basic download uh well i am parker sawyer and <laughs> <laughs> i am so stoked to be on the podcast with you guys i feel honored and uh i love what you guys do first and foremost but uh i'm from virginia born and raised and I moved down to Florida in 2016 to go to Flagler which is when I met you and a bunch of other amazing people like Luke and Saxon and I just moved back home about a year ago started a surf camp and coach Groms and in between that I refurbished shipping containers and try and get barreled in the Outer Banks nice but that man has the hustle yep trying to hustle did you know that there was waves down here when you came to go to school here? Um, I knew that there were like, you know, consistent fun little waves, but I didn't know how consistent or how it really got. So I was like pleasantly surprised when I moved down with, you know, I knew I was going to be stoked, but I was very stoked on how much I got to surf. You can surf what, pretty much every day. What board did you bring down? You had to bring some stuff from Virginia down. What did you bring? Yeah, I started out. It's funny you say that because, like, looking back, I started out with, you know, my my longboard, which I, don't, I can't remember what I was riding, like, five years ago, but I think it was a Black Rose and then a bunch of shortboards, like, thrusters, and I just got my first twin fin and I think I rode that pretty much like for a couple of years only just the twin fin and started logging a lot more and my quiver started to change a lot. And I still like to ride my thrusters when it gets good, but I like to ride two plus ones and some eggs now a lot. It's styling with it. Yeah. Just catch more waves, you know, surf longer get different lines get different feeling and then when you get back on the thruster or whatever it is you're like more stoked and have just a diff little different mindset going into it and have a couple different other things you know to go off of different rails that you're working with and it's fun keeps it keeps it fun 
the first time Parker got on my like radar, we were surfing the pier and he was like destroying it on like a, it was like a weird Timmy Patterson that you had. Do you remember that board? It was like, yeah, a, like a little, an 80s style Timmy Patterson. Yeah, Chris Repair gave it to me as like a little five, eight beak nose, two plus one with like a rounded squash with like these two little hips in it. They were super sick. It, I loved that board. Is that one of those boards that's like it. three inches thick? No, it was pretty pulled out, pretty, pretty pulled out, pretty tapered. Um, but it just had this tiny little, the slightest little beak nose in it, not like very big, but, uh, it was, it was like, kind of like retro y and I had a lot of fun on that board. Took it to Hawaii I, and I just remember him doing massive straight airs. And I was like, who is this Flagler kid doing straight airs? And then the next, like the next weekend he's at the inlet, just doing the most stylish nose rides. And I was like, this is like junior Alex Hobbs, like Parker and <laughs> Al are the two guys. It's disgusting to watch them surf because they ride every kind of board that well. Like most dudes who ride a log as well as you do. It looks like you're a longboarder or a shortboarder. The guys who ride shortboards as well as you do. They, they have that real choppy style on a log, but you and Hobbs transition it. My question for guys like you is, could you naturally always just ride everything or was like one style easier when you started? Well, I guess I grew up like I learned how to stand up and ride waves on a longboard. And then I, you know, kind of ground out and was like all shortboardy for a long time. And I'd be, you know, hanging down at the contest and, you know, want to surf more, you know, at the, at the main break and whatever. So I'd, start longboarding and you know i started to like that a lot as well and it kind of just was transferring back and forth um and i feel like it only really like hindered my you know it hindered like transferring over when i was like growing through like middle and high school when like boards are weird for you and like you you get a board and then you grow out of it and then you know but other than that, you really it, grow out of the log. Like you get the nose rider and you can ride yeah. that sucker from 15 to 50. Exactly. Yep. So that was pretty much only for the shortboards, but it's, uh, it's been really fun lately figuring out single fin, uh, eggs and like bonzers and stuff. I rode a bonzer that Ken shaped a couple of weeks ago down in South Florida. And I, I've never ridden one before. And I've, and I need to get one now. The weekend before you took that board, we were all hanging out and Ken's like, I just want someone to take this thing and put it through its paces and barrels. And Luke <laughs> literally goes, dude, I'm going to Miami with Parker. Ken's like, take it. And then we saw the footage. The most impressive thing I saw on that board, which I was surprised about, you got like a no pig dog. Like you were basically standing up backside barrel and then did a hack. Did that thing too bride okay backside? Bonzers yeah. are kind of notorious for not going good backside. I was like very, very pleased with how it, you know, held in the pocket and then would also drive when you wanted it to. It slowed down just fine and didn't really like, you know, the fins wouldn't slide out and you wouldn't, you know, go over the falls in the tube, but it would hold and then you could step forward and really drive and you could really feel it like, you know, because quads, quads for me, you definitely get the hold, but 
sometimes it feels a little sluggish like when i when i press down after like stalling but with the bonzer the five fin i totally totally felt in control with speed it was it was nice it was refreshing i hear that a lot from dudes who come off just riding thrusters and they get on alternative equipment and they're like it was refreshing to have the paddle and the glide and not to have to work quite as hard and i'm like yeah man that's been my lazy no yeah dude the glide the glide is the most underrated best part of surfing if you don't do anything else if you just stand up and feel the glide you can have your eyes closed and still have fun that's the best part yeah and i was you know a little bit weary about like the how full the nose on that board was it had kind of a fuller nose but it really you know you can just choke up on them when they're like that yeah you just choke up on it get into it early and then you you have so much drive going in behind the section like you know, kind of, kind of worked better for barrels, a lot better for barrels than I anticipated. So it's kind of like changed the gears in my mind to like try and figure something out to get a, get a good barrel bonzer. You and Luke have been kind of traveling a bunch for his new movie, Salt and Rhythm. Where have you guys, like in the past six months, you guys have gone all over the place. What's been like the most memorable trip you've done for that movie that's coming out? Um, well we went yeah just last winter i guess it was we were in puerto rico filming and in hawaii filming but after that we didn't really get a whole bunch of traveling out of the states um but we've done some stuff in the outer banks and that trip to south florida as well and uh I tried to get him to come up to to New York and New Jersey with me a lot this this spring and this summer for some south swells, but uh, Luke stays busy down down in Florida and California. I know he went out to see uh, the Malibu crew, which I know they scored some good waves. Malibu had one of the best summers when when I was out there this summer. Legit, I was there for fifteen days, and seven of them it was like a foot overhead. And some of the older local guys were like, we're not even going to travel this year. It's been so good all summer. But it, it was so ridiculously packed. But the waves were so good that the crowd almost, you didn't even feel it because it was so good. Yeah, just constant waves. Everyone's getting their share. Yeah, it was super That's good. So you grew up competing. I mean, you're known as a bit of like a competitive, like kind of powerhouse on the East Coast. To, I just did. run me through how you grew up competing and stuff. Um, I guess I, you know, grew up in Virginia beach where they hold the ECSE and I kind of was just exposed to that. And, you know, one year I joined and then I think like two years after that, I started like doing the local ESA and stuff and, uh, eventually did the NSSA and whatever through high school and then kind of, stopped doing competitions when I came down to Flagler and did a couple of the local events that you guys put on. And <laughs> he, he did the log jam and then was like, I'm never doing contests anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you uh, ruined it for him. No, no, no. I did the, the, the surf club stuff at Flagler and, you know, it's fun. Like there's, there's a whole 
cool ass community behind and around surfing. So why not utilize, you know, the, the amazing platform that we have to bring cool people together, just like we're doing right now. They had the to- Tommy Tate last, last weekend. Yeah. That looked nuts. They had some I wish waves I- for it. Yeah. I wish I was there for that. It looked like a crazy stacked final with uh, like Robbie and Ryan and yeah. I don't know who else, but I guess I Easton got fifth in it. They said, I Easton think it was got fifth. fourth. Fourth. Kid, okay. Yeah. This kid, James, I can't say James's last name. It's like Palazzuto or I can't say it right, but yeah. he is a super dark horse. Like he films Robbie blasting airs most of the time, but that dude rips on a log. I really, really hope Justin gave him an invite for the loggerhead because he'll, I, he, he'll blow doors. Dude. Jamie is like one of my favorite favorite people all time because for this one of these reasons alone i remember standing down at flagler beach pier like last winter and it was just firing and i had just broken my hand skateboarding and i was just like you know filming with my handy cam and jamie was like dude i'm gonna i'm getting this camera tomorrow blah blah and i'm gonna film like all the boys every day and i'm like in my mind i'm like hell yeah but you know you're just probably gonna surf all day and next thing i know he's filming robbie every day and getting insane clips and you know robbie kind of blew up and did the whole stab thing whatever but jamie definitely definitely is a is a powerhouse dark horse and shreds and films and blaze and slays fish that dude slays one of the nicest guys around shout out james p I don't know how they watch good surf all day like that. I, it's something that's, I would, <laughs> I, get I, would, for, I would put the camera down and just leave. They'll I get it for guys that, that, that film and don't surf that well. You know what I mean? Like I get it. Like you're maybe a better filmer or like there's the kid, um, uh, Peyton, I don't know his last name. He films a lot now and he, he can surf, but he rips at filming. Like that's his, he's so talented at, but guys like James or Luke, like people watch Luke's movies and they're like, oh, he's such an amazing filmer. And I'm like, what you guys don't understand is Luke kills it on a longboard. I mean, just so fun. He's probably my favorite surfer yeah. to watch. I'm serious. No, he's got so much style. You can't even tell, you know, what his natural stance is when, when he's surfing. You can't tell if he's regular or goofy. We try, I've tried to get him to come do the podcast so many times. <laughs> he literally looks me in the face and he's like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> I'm like, all right, never mind. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a one minute spotlight, you know? Yeah, on him. Just we'll get him to like talk about what? just for a minute. He he is, the, is. So let me ask you this, Parker. We I tend to ask guests this a lot. Luke is the person that I'm the most stoked to watch surf right now. Like, if I know he's going to be at the beach and I see him catch a couple waves, it gets me amped. Who are you digging? Like, who gets your fire burning to surf with or to watch surf right now? Hmm. That's a good question. I would have to say probably Robbie. Robbie's a good one. He's just so fun to watch lately. His like the way he generates speed with such like low calm hand control and just I don't know, does these crazy contorted airs that he that he lands like it's really fun to watch and he's been doing that since he was 10 is the thing like 
I remember watching him do tail high reverses onto dry sand in Wilmington when Jamie Ridgewell was coaching him and stuff. But um, and does, Luke that, is also- does that help with that closeout style waves we have here on the East Coast, where if at best we get like one launch section at the end, you get one place to blow tail or whatever. Um, because all the air guys are from East Coast, Keckley, all those guys. I mean, even Slater, some of the best air guys. I think the closeout made them better. More of like Florida being the place, because even from like moving from up here to down there, it's like when it's two feet up here, it's like a really, you know, generally mushy wave that doesn't have a long line that you can pump down the face. You got to stay close to the pocket. But in Florida, if it's two foot, you can race down the line and and hit a big closeout boost section. Um, And you can, you know, you can rip a twin fin every single day in Florida, even when it's ankle to knee high. But like mushy waves up there. I'm not coming up there. Sounds terrible. There's nothing good up here. No, (laughs) I want to go to New York. One of my one of the ways I want to surf ditch. And I know that it's generally left and I don't really like going left. But there's also that place that some people call turtles or there's a couple spots in New York that I'm really keen to surf. So I might have to join you in Luke one summer. Absolutely. I would love that. It just looks pretty amazing. So so the loggerhead is coming up. Everybody's super excited. You're the reigning champ of the loggerhead. So you obviously got the nod. You're coming back. Are you pretty stoked for it? Yeah, I'm really stoked. Very, very stoked to to get back to Jacksonville and see everybody and hopefully we get a nice little swell for uh for justin's event i saw that chad doyle was making some really cool uh black rose uh prizes for the for the ladies winner and the men's winner he Um, took he took resin scraps and he's making like long stemmed black roses out of like scrap fiberglass and resin they look chad trophy super red he makes the coolest stuff. I'm always like showing people his Instagram stories and geeking out on it. I'm like, this guy's insanely, insanely crafty. So are they, putting, day, are they putting like you up the at the Hotel Palms and all that good stuff? Or is uh, raining champ? You need a room, man. You need to put your, come yeah. on, make some noise. Justin needs hey, to I give mean, him like the penthouse. Like he needs to I have agree. like the baller suite I, just I because he's the champ. I totally agree. We're going to do some stuff. Don't worry about it. We We're calling it out. Cool. I think I think we should show up and just start interviewing people on the beach, Taint, me, you, and Trey. Oh, yeah. No problem. I can get behind that. <laughs> what are you going to ride this year in the in the contest? I've been thinking about that the past couple of days. Um, I think, I mean, depending on the waves, I'm definitely going to bring my Moontail uh, 9.6. That Wayne Rich? Yeah, the Wayno. Describe that board for everybody. I have a cop. Like a I have a copy nose. of one of these. This thing is <laughs> ra- just describe it. This thing is rad looking. Yeah, it's a it's a nine six triple stringer, and it's like a it's like a fanned out stringer. They're all like close together at the bottom, and it fans out towards oh, the top. Wedge wedge cut or whatever. Yeah, yeah, a little wedge cut, and uh, the nose kind of like has these like five little hips on it to where the stringer meets like right in between the two hips and then where the it gets flat in the nose it's kind of like a flat nose for just a a few inches and then it like keeps cornering off just a little bit 
um, it's, it's interesting, but I can, you know, have a couple different points of reference on the nose and the way the board flexes and stuff when it's in the pocket going back and forth from the nose. It's, it's I got told a story and I wasn't sure if it was like, you know, how surfing has like its own mythology, right? Like there are stories that get told and there's, you know, things that you hear. And I don't know if it was Luke that told me, somebody told me that that original Wayne Rich wedge stringer board you had was like made for Joel, but you somehow got your hands on it. And then like, he saw you ride it and then you won Justin's contest on it in front of him and got the invite to a duct tape. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, there is. Uh, the original one was like a double stringer uh, kook box brand that Wayne shaped for Joel in 2009. And yeah, he like saw me like in Saxon and all the guys hanging out in the van and like saw the board. And then I saw him like a month later at the loggerhead and, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. And he, uh, him and Wayne made the the fin for it, which is my favorite part about the board. Is the I, fin glassed in or is it just? No, it's uh, it's in a fin box. You can take it out. But um, it's That's like that, that big black bat fin. Dude, I, so, I took a template off of one of these Kukbok bat fin boards in San Francisco. And I made a template. I have the one in my garage is, is from it. And it's one of my favorite boards. Moontails work so good. Yeah, it was... Uh, like the original board, I remember I couldn't get used to it for a while. I didn't even really like it for a while. And then I like took it off ice because like I was kind of like going through a log crisis or something. And I was just like needed and wanted a new one, but didn't want to get a new one. And I just like tried the old one and it worked. But um, yeah, they they definitely served their purpose. Um, Do you and- prefer like a more because that board's pretty parallel nose ride style the wide point's pretty like middle of the board do you prefer like a straight up nose rider like that or you do you get down for like wide point back australian style kind of what saxon's super into or do you just like it all i typically i mean typically if i'm gonna go log the waves are a little bit smaller and i'll probably ride something a little more parallel but um you know when i you know, I'm on a surf trip or if I am, you know, trying to get some good weight um, on the log, if I'm at a point break or something, I do like those piggy shapes for the, for the faster down the line surfing. Um, but I like my parallels for the most of your stuff. I'm a child of the nineties, dude. I, I just love the way a parallel board trims out at the very top of the wave. You don't have to sit it like in the perfect trim spot. You can get yeah. in early just step right up. Yeah. I love how that feels, but again, I'm, I'm old. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> <laughs> but so, dude, I'm, I'm stoked to come down and try some of your famous uh, pizza and stromboli. Oh, oh dude, I've, I've been, I made one the other day. I think I figured out. So, because I don't have a for real pizza oven and like, you can buy these like uni pizza ovens for 200 bucks, but everyone that I see uses them just burns their pizza so what I've been doing is, is I pre-bake in a really thin pan, get the bottom all crisp, and then I flip it. And I'm excited for you to try it too. Pizza wow. by Grinch. You brought some uh, pretzels to the surf the other day, some fresh pretzels. Wow. 
Hey, it was kind of rad. Yeah, that was very rad. You made your own pretzels? Yeah, I just, I got bored. My back's been bothering me a little bit. And like, it was before I was going to surf and I'd stretched out and was waiting for the tide. And I didn't feel like making pizza. And like, for me, that's kind of my art. So I was like, all right, I'm going to make pretzels. And they came out good. Taint liked it. Yeah, it was good. So kind of the last thing I want to ask you about, Parker, there's a lot of these surf schools kind of going around. And I think it's really cool that guys like you are starting these because for all intents and purposes, you are a pro surfer. Like you win money based on contests and you're coaching up these kids. So just walk me through your, uh, first of all, I want to shout out your business to, you know, my grandma and Taint's grandma, who's ever listening uh, part it's Sawyer surf school, Virginia beach, right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. And uh, so, but just, Hey, no Canadians will ever attend Mm-mm. your school because they hate us. Trent got into a whole bunch of trouble. I think he stabbed Wayne Gretzky. Like that's the story I heard. And the Canadians now hate us. We have like negative two listeners in Canada. If you look at the breakdown, I don't know how it happens. Molson <laughs> ice geese. They hate all of us. I, I blame tar pits. So yeah. anyways, how did Sawyer Surf School come about? What are you kind of doing with it? Just just tell us all about it. Yeah, so basically after coming down to Florida, I ran a Tory Surf Camp for the surf station and uh, watched Alec and the Zapone family start the WSMS shop and Alec start the uh, WSMS Surf Art Music Camp. And, um, that was, you know, definitely inspirational to see and was, uh, you know, good to have like a really close friend working on something, you know, that I loved and I was interested in. And, you know, it's a brand that I, you know, their core beliefs align with mine. And I like, you know, am proud to, you know, represent their brand up here uh like in unison with mine uh so basically with a lot of help from alec um we got the sawyer surf school going up here last summer with nice. uh music and he, like our title sponsor and uh we had a good first summer a lot of private lessons um but gearing up for like a little winter program and, uh, you know, we did a little Outer Banks trip with a couple grounds this early this fall. Was that the trip was, Easton was on? Yes. Yeah, it was so much fun. I, it, now, Easton is one of my groms. And Alec kind of said, like, people have said, like, dude, some of the groms were kind of like, it, it's kind of heavy out here. But Easton was just like backside, throw himself over everything he looked at. Anything yeah. for that? That kid charges. Yeah. No, Easton's the man. He's got a great attitude and he charges. He's got a great style. And I was like really stoked for him to meet one of my groms, this kid, Gavin Ferris, who rips everything. He he rides eggs. He rides, he rips a longboard, shortboard, whatever, throwing straight airs. Like he blows my mind, honestly. And it was so fun watching him and Easton surf together for like a full weekend of like four days of surf, you know, like it was, it was really cool getting those kids together. That's what I love about what Alec does and what you do is 
some of these surf schools, I'm not going to mention names, <laughs> um, but they, they kind of do it like just as that business model. You know what I mean? It's, it's another way for folks to make money. And I'm okay with that. But what you and Alec do is you give back to these Groms in a way that like when it, for mine and Taint's generation, we were coming up, that wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Like your yeah. dad might teach you to surf. And then the older guys would beat on you and see if you'd leave. And if you didn't, you eventually got accepted in. But like for these kids, they have you and Alec to kind of, number one, show them the ropes, teach them about the ocean, teach them about the culture, and then like really enrich their experience. And I just think that what you two specifically do kind of transcends that normal surf school mentality. I think it's dope. Yeah, thank you. I, I, that's what we're really trying to do is kind of transcend the surf school mentality and you know there's a huge void to be filled and there's a lot of you know opportunity for the kids to get involved in whatever it may be that gets them you know connected and stoked uh, well with a lot of a lot of these surf schools i see them all over here it's a you can tell it's a numbers game because i, I i've talked to someone like how are you guys doing like oh i know exactly I, we did 362 kids this year. Like these are just numbers to these people. They're, they're not really. And I understand yeah. why they, it's just money. They're not throwing a group full of like frothing, like sunburnt crispy groms in a van and being like, all right, we're going to go get tubes and hatters for a weekend. No, and that's every not single one of those groms that I talked to after that trip, they were, you would have thought they got a boat trip to the Island. I mean, they were that pumped and they were pumped to surf kind of with, these dudes that were showing them the ropes and that's what it's about that's yeah. really cool man yeah because you know you just gotta i look back to when i was a grom and you know to have people like me and alec and you know my buddy chase who surfs and fishes with us and you know my buddy uh callaway ramsey who's a local photographer in the outer banks who all the groms met at his art ex exhibition like you know it's cool for them to meet those people and surf with those people and like, like, you know, build their surf family, which all of us, all of us have our, our cool little surf family and you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. It's cool to have, you know, some older people to show you, show you around a little bit. So a huge shout out WSMS surf camp, Sawyer surf school. Nobody cares if you like us or not. Canada. They're not, Parker's not afraid of you, Canada. <laughs> There's a lot of Canadians that come here in the summer, dude. I swear, oh. Virginia. Well, back don't tell them you, you know me and Trent. It's yeah. don't hey. tell them you know me and Trent. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> dude. Thanks a lot for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor. I'm stoked to be able to be able to finally get on here. I I think in the last like month, I listened to all of the episodes Whoa. just to like get caught back up. I was like, what's going on with these guys? Well, not, we appreciate you, and yeah. I'm, I personally am looking forward to seeing you um, come a couple weeks. Do you remember last year after the contest, we had that pretty amazing session at a place I'm not going to talk about? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> like, Taint, it was horrible, right? I had taken off work because it was supposed to be good. I was so mad. And then Parker comes up the beach. He goes, dude, there's a couple. And all of a sudden, it's like, there's a couple, there's a couple. And like every good log rider like in the vicinity showed up and there was probably, and we were all just burning each other and somebody was swimming yeah. and taking photos. My favorite kind of surfing. Magic. 
yeah, it was, it was definitely cool. Definitely a cool crew out there and his special little setup. That was a good day. Let's hope, let's hope that uh, we get another one of those days. All right. Well, Parker, thank you, brother. We love you. And uh, we'll sign it off from there. You guys have a great evening. See you soon.